Yo, what's happening? Michael J. Lennon here um, with my coast, co coast, coast, <laughs> holy shit, <laughs> co-host Steve O'Clark today. Steve, say hello, buddy. How's it going, guys? Hope you're well. Um, so look, uh, I'm super excited about today's episode because, you know, anyone that knows me, um, any know, anyone that knows the culture we have here in the gym knows that we love books mm -hmm. purely for personal development reasons and we kind of created you know that learning environment and that sort of culture in the gym where we're constantly you know talking about books and what we love about them and all this here sort of stuff so today we're actually going to talk about some of our favorite books and why we love them so much and how they can help people in fitness business and life right across the board yep. cool yep do you want to start yeah uh the biggest book that's helped me in the last while uh, I started reading it at the start of the year, so uh, new year, new me, and all that kind of carry on. I mm -hmm. uh, started reading Atomic Habits. Right. Um, it was recommended by yourself, yep. uh, by James Clear. Awesome book. Absolutely amazing book. And one of the things that I love about it is that it can be used and read and sat down and put away for a while until you kind of master these different wee steps that he, he teaches. Uh-huh. Uh, and whenever you feel like you're comfortable with uh, different disciplines that he goes through, mm -hmm. you can go back to the book then and pick it up and, you know, add to it. So he talks, uh, you know, about getting rid of bad habits and, you know, uh, bringing more good habits into your life. And it doesn't really matter what they are. You just need to identify um, the kind of behaviors that surround them. Yeah. And I, I think that's, you know, like if we're talking about, um, let's let's talk about it in terms of like a fitness Kind of thing. I, I would have been using it as an example to people saying, uh, one of the things that he says is, if you're trying to lose some weight, then you got to have this kind of question burning in the back of your head um, all the time of, would a fit person do this? Or yeah. is this something that a fit person would do yeah. uh, with every decision? And with those uh, decisions, the more you go through that in your head, you're you're putting yourself in the shoes of someone who is a fit person. Yeah, I remember that. He, he talks about uh, how you identify yourself personally. Yeah. It comes down to ident identity more yeah. so than anything. And once you start to identify yourself as someone who is a fit person, yeah, then that's when everything changes for you. I think the example that he uses in the book is actually a, a smoker. Um, yes. So he uses um, two smokers and the idea is that they have to try and stay off cigarettes for as long as possible. Mm -hmm. And... Whenever they're offered or asked, do they want the cigarette? They are given two different phrases. And the first phrase that one of them is given is, no, I'm trying to quit. Yeah. Or, and the second person is told to say only, I'm not a smoker. Yeah. And it turned out that the person who said, I'm not a smoker, lasted longer without cigarettes than the person who said, no, I'm trying to quit. Because, because even those words, if you think about it, I'm trying means that you're, yeah, you're feeling. You're fighting something that you don't maybe necessarily want to do, yeah. or you know, there's there's a bit of hesitation about it. Um, whereas the other person goes, "I'm not a smoker," so this this person identifies himself doing things or not doing things that mm -hmm. a, a smoker does or doesn't do. Yeah, um, I, I actually remember. Uh, 
probably you know one of my favorite practical things to take away from the book was habit stacking yeah that's great yeah yeah so you know stack the good habits on top of the good habits mm-hmm. you know obviously you know do all you can to get rid of the bad habits i create a better environment for yourself yeah. but if you want to add more good habits on you know and and you know some of the things that i still do every single day is five minutes of you know movement um, two glasses of water and some supplements and yeah. I still do that because that's my stacking of habits yeah. I actually one day uh, I think I told you guys about it um, mistakenly took six fish oils <laughs> yeah. you double dosed a double dosed because <laughs> I had two glasses of water or something I can't remember what you it was were sitting, you were working at the desk and yeah. you went up to get a glass of water and then you associated getting the glass of water with taking your with supplements, supplements yep. yeah so I ended up like double dosing on, on fish oils <laughs> and vitamin D I, um, I think that's what I like about the book because it doesn't even have to be a habit in like a massive scale so it's not like okay I'm going to create the habit of going to the gym five times a week now yeah. from going from no times a week it it is something as simple as you know someone who maybe wants to increase the amount of the book and put it away and once you're used to taking that drink of water then you can start your habit stacking and go okay it's probably a good idea that i take like a multivitamin or a b12 supplement or fish oils or something along with that so i'll tell you what now that i'm used to taking that glass of water now i'll introduce the the good supplement that's going to enhance this you know fit person Uh even more yeah and it's it's just those small things and over over a long period of time those small steps and those small habits that you build with that question in your head the those whole time atomic habits create yeah, the just, bigger outcome yeah you become yeah. that fit person that you want to be instead of just going i'm going to go to the gym five times a week and then you kill yourself and yeah and then you feel bad for the time that you missed the session and stuff yeah. he actually i remember as well um he uses the sort of analogy in it of a, a bamboo like a chinese bamboo mm-hmm they don't actually like sprout at all for like five years. So they grow in the ground for five years. Then all of a sudden, once they do sprout, they grow to like one of the tallest, you know, bamboos there is or whatever, but it's just a rapid growth. And he kind of relates that to building up, you know, all of these wee habits. And, you know, he, he says all these small things won't really matter on any given day. There's no one big explosion of this is my new life. It's just all these wee tiny steps. Mm-hmm. And then one day you wake up and realize, holy shit, like I'm, I'm better. Like yeah. I'm better at this thing. And I don't even realize how it happened. Yeah. He uses that kind of like 1% better every yeah. single day kind yeah. of thing. And when you look at what 1% better every day may look like, it's a small, small, you know, victory or a small fate or a small thing that you have to do every day. But whenever you look back on it all over the space of a year, yeah. then you're going to be, what, 300, I can't remember the number, but it's like 300 30. and something percent better, yeah. Yeah, yeah, was, better uh, than you were when you started. Yeah, yeah, I remember it. It's awesome. It's awesome. Um, so we'll move on to the next book in. Yeah, yeah, you work away with this next one. Um, I'm going to, so I'm reading a book at the minute, and I suppose this is kind of based on fitness because, you know, you could sort of say Atomic Habits is kind of based on, you could relate it to anything in life. Yeah. Um, this book is, is very similar. Um, uh, it's by a guy called Matthew Walker, and it's called Why We Sleep. All right. Right? Now, I'm kind of putting this in the fitness bra- bracket, but again, this could be related to anything in life and the importance of it, right? So, I mean, you know, there's so much detail in this book. Um, right now, he's talking a lot about dreams. 
and obviously he talks a lot about Sigmund Freud and his, you know, research and dreams and stuff like this. And, you know, I'm just re recalling the most recent chapter that I've read. Just recently, I think it was in Japan, they have now learned to um, tell people's dreams, as in read them. Right, like sleep. off a machine or something? Off or? A, like a, a, they've done an MRI scan and based on, you know, people's report of the dream, right. they're now able to tell what these people are dreaming about. So let they're not able to pinpoint, let's say they'll be able to say, you know, you were dreaming about a person and that person was driving in a car and they were going towards a building, let's say for toxic, yeah. but they're not actually able to pinpoint you know who the person was what type of car they were driving yeah. it's not gone that deep yet yeah but you know the, the guy yeah, Matthew, he says that you know as we grow and develop as our species does that and we get smarter mm -hmm. sooner or later our dreams won't be our own and we'll yeah. be able to like break down uh emotionally why we're dreaming these things and you know a lot of it does come down to sort of brain development and and largely that is what the book is about you know in terms of recovery your immune system like uh what's called REM sleep mm -hmm. you know uh rapid eye movement yeah. and NREM sleep which a lot of people aren't really familiar with either what would that be so uh it's non-rapid eye movement and it's i think from what i remember is the it's kind of the first um phase of sleep that people go into so you know you've heard of different sleep cycles yeah People go through different sleep cycles throughout the night. And a lot of it, uh, what Matthew Walker talks about, is one, uh, memory, mm -hmm. okay, which is super important. Um, so we basically process memories in our sleep. Right. Right? And we also get rid of bad emotions in our sleep. Right. Right? So, you know, you know, something happens you know in in life that you know just hits you hard and you know people become depressed over certain things well sleep is actually scientifically proven uh, you, you could use the word desensitize to desensitize those emotions so mm -hmm. you actually forget bad emotions in your sleep and you remember you, you basically piece together all of the information that you collected that day. And again, that, that comes back to dreams and how we, you know, process dreams and emotions. And holy shit, man, it's just like... It's, it sounds crazy that it... That's maybe where, you know, like things like recurring dreams come from. You know, like someone yes. has a recurring nightmare or yes. well, something that comes uh, along. Literally, I just finished that chapter today. PTSD, uh, yeah. post-traumatic stress disorder. That's basically what that is. So there's a part of the brain responsible for, you know... I keep using the word desensitizing mm -hmm. bad emotions, but in you know people who suffer from PTSD, that part of the brain isn't uh, functioning. You know, mm -hmm. let's say as it should be, yeah. so they keep on getting the recurring memory, yeah. and they're unable to detach from the emotion of the event. Uh, uh, that's crazy. Yeah, that sounds cool. I must give that a go. Get, get it, get it for sure. In fact, you know, if you're listening to this here, I'd highly recommend it. I mean, obviously, you know, there's so much information, and I don't want to do it any sort of injustice today yeah. um, by you know going on about it anymore. But definitely, you know, I, I would highly recommend that one. Cool. So, what, what's next for you? Uh, so, the, the next one that I I had it on audiobook is uh, by David Goggins. Uh, right. Can't hurt me. Okay. The guy is an absolute, he's mad to start uh -huh. off with, um, and he's real passionate when he's, when he's talking. So, um, 
We actually just watched a, a video of him there on Instagram. <laughs> yeah, he's he's very intense. Um, his whole thing was he was you know in the Navy SEALs and stuff, and he's been through some of the toughest like Ironman, marathons, all these kinds of crazy feats of fitness mm-hmm. with like honestly like very little training for them. So, you know, deciding to go and do some of the, the craziest courses, I think he was doing them on the North Pole and things like that, without okay. training for it and just going for it. And his whole thing is about having this, uh, you know, like mental toughness. Um, and I think, again, you know, like you can, you can talk about it in terms of um, fitness, about, you know, having the mental toughness to, you know, not want to take an extra couple of seconds breath and just like pouring through a tough session or whatever. But if you want to talk about it in terms of like life or in business and stuff, you got to have that kind of tough barrier to just do the things that need to be done. Yeah. And I think that's one of the, the good takeaway messages that are, you know, underlying throughout it. Um, and one of the things that he always says is that he, he never really let his um, like situation or his background or his, you know, his, his past get in the way of what he was going to do in the future. Yeah. So he talks very uh, in depth about his childhood and his, his family and stuff and the, the troubles that they had. And, you know, that was one of the things that he always looked back on. And um, it was one of the things that motivated him to keep pushing forward and, you know, keep doing these great, great things. Yeah. Um, because that was always playing on his head that he was, you know, told that he was worthless and all this kind of thing. Okay. And he was beaten up as he was a kid and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, I think the the mental toughness thing is a, it's, it's there throughout it. And it's a great lesson to, you know, to tell people, regardless if they're going into business or they're starting the gym or whatever it is that they're doing to some degree, maybe not to his degree, where he's running around the North Pole with no T-shirt and, you know, busted up feet and all this kind of carry on. But it just shows you to to the extreme that you can take it. So, you know, there's there's something for everybody in that book, I think, that you can take uh, a level of that away from. Yeah, you should give it a go if you haven't already. I, I saw a few people have said to me about this year and literally like right now I've downloaded, you know, like my six books <laughs> in, in, in my list that I have to get through. But I, I, I definitely must, um, I definitely must get to that. Um, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna jump in here with, um, the next one and it's the subtle art of not giving a fuck by Mark Manson. You've read this as well. Yeah. I haven't actually finished it. I just realized uh, that I haven't finished it off, but I've got, I've got through the majority of it. Yeah. Right. Okay. It's like, it just brings a smile to my face. Um, you know, I've actually read the book and listened to the audio version as well. Mm-hmm. The audio version. Uh, have you listened that's to the audio? The, the audio one is the okay. one that I have. Yeah. So the, I don't, so I've read both, you know, Mark Manson's got a new book out now called Everything is Fucked, mm-hmm. which is awesome, mm-hmm. right? And now he's narrated it on the audio. Uh-huh. Um, and it took a while to get used to because for some reason, the guy who narrates the, the subtle art of not giving a fuck is, he just sounds more like the person writing it you, the person you imagined to write the it the person yeah. i imagined to yeah. write it how he, you know how he speaks mm-hmm. his tonality it just sounded like the person so it was yeah. kind of weird making that transition but anyway you know regardless it's still an absolutely amazing book um if you haven't read it like i would highly recommend doing it so basically you know he kind of in a nutshell he kind of talks about why people or were ple- were people placed their fucks mm-hmm 
you know so basically you know he, he talks about one instance in it where you've got you know um this old lady for talk's sake and she's doing her shopping and she's collected her coupons for you know for a free toaster mm-hmm. right and she gets to the shop and there's this you know pimply teenage kid at the at the counter and he he won't take her last two coupons because they were out of date for her free toaster and this old lady you know she throws a fucking shit fit and she's going crazy because her she thinks her coupons are in date right so mark manson basically you know he talks about like why why does she give a fuck do you know why does she get so upset about you know a free toaster and the thing is, is that she has nothing greater to actually give a fuck about. Yeah. You know, she she's like, she probably sits at home all day and she probably waits on this newspaper um, coming through her, her door to collect her coupons. And it's probably the highlight of her week. Yeah. And that is ultimately her biggest fuck. That's her project. That's, <laughs> That's her, her project, yeah. right? But then she goes to the supermarket and she has this kid who... You know, he's just there and he's protecting his job with all his might and mm-hmm. he he can't you know, he can't do anything out of you know rules and regulations. Out of rules and regulations. So he just has to protect that and she throws a shit fit and that's why she really cares, you know. And yeah. it kinda puts a lot of things into perspective. Like, you know and I kinda it, it actually genuinely made me think differently, you know, afterwards. I'm like, you know, like why do I give a fuck about such small shit that is really am I gonna worry about it in five years time because mm-hmm. like if i'm not should i really let it stress me out yeah. you know um and you know he, he gives uh an, a, a lot of great you know information on it when he just talks about you know like paradoxically if you're continuously wanting more if you're continuously striving for more and giving a fuck about having more in my life what happens is you just end up with less because you left like feeling shit. Like I haven't got all this stuff in my life. So he basically says, listen, if you just don't give a fuck and you just carry on with life as it is and take it as it comes and, you know, like devote all your time and energy into something that is truly meaningful and truly purposeful, mm-hmm. it will happen for you. Yeah. And it will just happen naturally and you don't need to worry about you know, not having fucking boats and hose and all this here, <laughs> which, you know, there's a lot of great lessons on it. Yeah. That's a, that's a good one to think about, you know, placing placing your time effectively and, yeah. you know, using it properly and stuff. I like that. Yeah, definitely. There's a there's a book, that I would say, that's similar to it uh, in the terms of, you know, where you place your fucks and stuff. I think the girl's called Sarah McKnight. Yeah, I and, think I've seen this. Yeah. yeah, and she she calls it fuck bucks. So right, like okay. if, if you've got like a hundred fuck bucks to give a day, yeah. are you really gonna you know spend them in yeah, stupid yeah, yeah. places? Like, so it's it's the same sort of idea. Yeah, are you are you gonna spend them worrying about someone who stole your lapper in the gym? Yeah, yeah, you're just gonna or someone it. who's giving you bad comments on social media. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we were that, talking that, about that earlier. Yeah, that's actually sort of that's probably the perfect um, place not to place your fox. <laughs> like, yeah. Um, yeah, cool. So what's next for you, bud? Uh, next for me, I would probably say uh, one that we've both read again, the Perfect Day Formula. Yep. By Craig Valentine. Yep. Um, we'll have Craig on the on the show at some yeah, stage, I'm sure. Looking forward to that. So yeah, there's uh, basically the idea of um, what is your perfect day? You know, if you if you can imagine it, close your eyes, whatever you want to do. Where are you? What time do you wake up? But yeah. what do you do? What's the first thing you do? You go and have a coffee on the 
on the porch, you go and do a workout, you go to work, all these kinds of things. And it's basically like how far away from your perfect day are you and yeah. what are the steps that you have to take in order to get there. Mm-hmm. And that's it. Whenever you, I think from the very start, it sounded so much more simple when he said it like that. Yeah. Instead of thinking, I want to have this car and I want to have this house and I want to be doing this job and making this money. It seems like a bigger feat until you go, okay, let's, what's one step that we can do to, to get yeah. us one day closer to that perfect day? Yeah. And I, I like that simplicity or that, that approach to it. And yeah. it, it kind of basically had me hooked from the, the very, very start after that. Yeah, it's 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 awesome. I mean, you know, I, I've been lucky lucky enough to do um, Craig's workshop, mm-hmm. um, uh, the Perfect Life workshop. Yeah. Um, and you know, he just has this ability to unclutter all of the fucking nonsense that goes through your head about how you're gonna live your life in so many years. You know, and what he does basically is just reverse engineer it back to. What can you do in the next 24 hours that's going to get you towards that perfect life or, yeah. you know, that perfect day or, or whatever it is that you want? And it's great talent, like. Yeah. Well, if you relate it back to, you know, Craig talks about um, his anxieties and stuff yeah. um, in the past. But if you relate it to, you know, like someone who wants to be somewhere completely different or somewhere that seems completely different. We talked about it in the last one. It can bring up a lot of anxiety and like he yeah. talks about this. So being able to reverse engineer that and see it in those smaller steps yeah. is a lot easier than looking, like I said, the big picture and freaking yourself out going, how the hell am I going to get there? Yeah. Yeah. Love it. Love it. Um, so the next book I'm going to cover is a book called Legacy by James Kerr, mm-hmm. right? Um, how the All Blacks can teach you about the business of life. Right. Um, so basically, you know, this kind of takes you through some of the principles that the All Blacks have applied and what's made them so successful throughout the years. Right. And, uh, you know, how they've become such a successful team. I think, you know, they've won around 70 to 75 percent of their international matches in the last 100 years. That's crazy. Which is like, it's insane, you know, if you think about that. So, you know, the book is largely based around their culture of winning and how this culture has come about. And there's, you know, there's a few things that really stand out um, within, you know, their culture. Uh, probably, you know, one of the biggest thing is no dickheads. Yeah. <laughs> which, they, which they do get a lot of, you know, they do get a lot of sort of stick about in the press and stuff because that's, I think it's one of their core values. Mm-hmm. Um, and... You know, one of the stories that they kind of have is, you know, let's say they bring in some new recruits to the international the international scene. And because it's such a huge deal in New Zealand, you know, a lot of these maybe new recruits would get carried away. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they make quite partying, they make quite drinking because they've got this newfound sort of status, status whatever, yeah. and fame, right? But within their culture, within the culture of the All Blacks, it's kind of, you know, you've got this old guard who, the new guard, then if they do something wrong, they have to go in. They don't answer to, you know, the manager. They answer to the old guard, mm-hmm. which creates this culture within the, the dressing room of, you know, holy shit, I got to respect yeah. every single person in here. And, you know, it kind of comes under their, their sort of 
their core value is no dickheads. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're going to get on, if you're going to behave that way, then you don't belong in this team. Yeah, and that's just it. And because it's not like you're letting yourself down; it's you're letting the all blacks down. You're, you're letting, letting everybody the all down. blacks down. You let yeah. your nation down. Yeah. It is so you know, and and you know, I suppose uh, another sort of great quote that I would use from um, that I would use from the from the book: if you if you're not growing anywhere, you're not going anywhere. Yeah. Do you know, yeah. um, and I think that's a great quote because a lot of the time, you know, people have no intentions of their own personal development. And if you're not kind of doing that, then like, what are you doing? Yeah, you know what you're I mean. Stand like, still. You're just you. If you're if you're standing still, you're going backwards essentially. You yeah. know, so you should be doing something to make yourself one percent better every single day. Yeah, absolutely. One of the things that I. Is my favorite things from Legacy, and it's not even that big of a a, a deal, I suppose. Um, it's the idea that after a game, they they stay behind and they they clean out their own dressing rooms and they wash <laughs> yeah. the floors and everything. Yeah. And I, I love that because, like we were saying, they're one of the most respected teams in the world. They've got some of the best players in the world, and yeah. you know, most of the times, whenever you think about these kinds of players and stuff, it would be so easy for them all to have such big egos to. You know, just think, no, we'll we'll just go and do our thing, and then we'll piss off and leave it for someone else to do. But their whole thing is, no, we we leave things the way we found them, and we take respect and how we carry ourselves, and you know what people will think of us after we've gone, mm. kind of thing. So, you know, the, the the whole idea if if you think that you're too big to do the small jobs, I think we talked about this before. Yeah, yeah. If you think that you're too big to do the small jobs, you are wrong. Yeah. You know, you you got to be willing to get in and scrub a toilet, and you got to be able to mop the floors and do all the tiny things. You got to be willing to do that. And you may not have to actually do it on a day to day, but yeah. if you're not willing to do it, there's something yeah. fundamentally wrong with your mindset and where that. you're going. Yeah. Yeah, it's one of the, one of the big things that I loved from the book. That's absolutely awesome. Um, so you know, supposed to finish up today. Um, another another book that the, I think the two of us have read. Um, Man up. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, Man up by Bedros Kurlian. And you know, uh, again, I mean, I've met Bedros a couple of times, um, and he's an impressive dude. You know where he's came from. Mm-hmm. Um, he did get a lot of he did get a lot of sort of stick about the book um, in the press and stuff like that because you know he, he spoke about you know man up uh, right like an insensitive type yeah, thing yeah, yeah. you know it, yeah, it's insensitive it. females can't man up and you know all this here all this here sort of stuff and if you re- if you read the book you know he explains it he says look it's human up yeah you know it, it's it's trying to convince people to you know take ownership of their lives you know really start to take care of your st- yourself start to take care of your business lead by example you know all like small lessons that you know he teaches about because you know Pedro's now he owns um, Fit Body Bootcamp which is one of the biggest franchises in America mm-hmm. and I think at one stage he was like $350,000 in debt mm-hmm. and you know he, he, he just basically said to himself one day like Man up, yeah. you know you, you're you're get you're putting your family in this sort of in this bad position. You're putting all the people around you. You're you're walking about. You're an emotional wreck. You're an emotional roller coaster. One day you're in a good mood. One day you're in a bad mood, and it's affecting everyone around you. Mm-hmm. Um, so a lot of the lessons from the book are just about that, and you know how he how he went from being in that you know bad position to saying, look, 
I got to man up in my life. I got to start making tough decisions mm-hmm. in order for me to grow later down the line. I got to make them decisions now. And then later down the line, I'm going to reap the rewards from it. Yeah. I think that it was the, you know, acting on the difficult decisions that needed acted on. Yeah. That, yeah. I think that's one of the, the big, big take homes. And, and he talks again about, you know, it in terms of business and different aspects of business, you know, um, he talks about you know like leaving partners and yeah, getting yeah. rid of uh, co-workers and stuff like that and he says you know you know you have these emotional connections with people and personal connections with people but if it's not working out you just gotta man up and yeah. have that talk with the person just go look it's not happening it's not working we gotta move forward here and he, here's the thing as well you know what happens is you know even though you have these you know emotional connections and you basically process the worst possible what if scenarios you know that's Mm -hmm. like anxiety Mm -hmm. right what turns out happening is you know you make a difficult decision and this is a big thing that i that i took away from man up you make a bit you make a difficult decision and it not only benefits you but it also benefits the person who let's say you've had to have that tough conversation Mm -hmm. with. do you know what i mean yeah because chances are if you're in not 100% investing in it or, or you have some reservations about it, chances are they, they're vibing off that as well and they feel it. So you're, you're not going to let them down. If yeah. anything, you're going to help the two of you yeah. progress it, from it, it. It's called auto-suggestion. Yeah. You know, if, if both parties aren't fully invested, you know, it just... You, either way, whether you say it or whether you don't say it, it's suggested subconsciously. Yeah, yeah. Both of you know. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so, cool. you know, man up and... Just fucking do it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So we finished there, but? Yeah, a couple of good suggestions there. Yeah, um, yeah. Both, you can get them all on audiobook and stuff if you just have Audible or whatever app you use or, you know, you can yeah. get the paperback versions if you fancy it. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Definitely. Cool. So we'll see you all next week then. Yeah, and again, you know, if you got value from the episode, which I'm sure you will, share it with a friend.